Hello and welcome to Hot Air Diviners, an enchanting podcast where casual conversation blends into cosmic wisdom. Join me, Natasha, your dedicated card slinger, and me, Lauren, the cosmic queen of chaos, on a long-winded journey, where we'll be exploring the intersection of tarot, astrology, and beyond. Hello, and welcome back to Hot Air Diviners. We are ready for part two of our Venus retrograde horoscopes, taroscopes. I like discussions. That. I like the taroscopes. <laughs> yeah. But are we ready, Natasha? <laughs> are we ready? I don't know. I'm never ready for anything, it seems mm-hmm. like. I know. Um, (laughs) This episode might sound very cohesive and um, well-planned, but trust us on the backside, it has been a... Mildly chaotic. It's been a Mars-Saturn opposition. (laughs) (laughs) And if you know, you know. And if you don't, well, hi, your name's Natasha. Um, (laughs) No, we jumped in to start recording, and... um, our notes definitely needed some polishing up, so we had to take a little bit of a break. Um, so, yeah, here we are. Mars yeah. said, let's go. And Saturn was like, no, no, no. No, no, no. You're not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> go back. <laughs> That's okay. Um, if you were part of the first somewhat confused set, our apologies. We love you just as much. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> just a circumstance of chance. Um, but yeah, let's see. Our first episode, we covered Aries through Virgo, and that's for your rising sign, not your sun sign. Um, so you do have to know your birth time. You can, I mean, in order to calculate that. You can go by your sun sign, but, uh, like I said in the, in the first episode, your rising sign gives the layout of your house placements and, ugh. Where's my mouth? Uh, your house placements. <laughs> so, what I'm talking about as far as the horoscopes are how the retrograde is going to affect different areas of the life. So, it's helpful if you do know your birth type and know your rising sign. Should we maybe include a link for somebody to look that information up if they don't have? Yeah, that? yeah, we can definitely like pop a link in the show notes for a website where you can like calculate your birth chart and and put that information in and should spit it out really easy yeah i just typically use um astro.com but we will pop a link in there that will take you directly where you just plug in your little your you know your birth info and um it will calculate that for you if you don't already know now you know (laughs) all right so are we ready to start um, the tarot scopes with Libra? Uh, I think so. Are Libra's ready. <laughs> we don't know, but uh, we're doing it anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, here we go. Venus is going retrograde in the 11th house for the Libra Risings. Um, so venus is your ascendant ruler or the ruler of your rising sign your first house so this retrograde will be very personal for you um impacting your identity and self-autonomy uh venus also rules your eighth house of taurus so here 
you are looking at changing or transforming relationships to friends and allies, resources from your partner or others uh, who are providing opportunity for you, or not necessarily opportunities, but just any type of resource coming from other people. So it could be, you know, people you work with, people you work for, personal relationships, uh, partners, all that. Anyway, so so careful choices and balancing what is given and what is expected or being taken is important for the Libra Risings. It's really about examining the balance of give and take in relation to others. Have you been taking too much emotionally or financially from someone and not realizing maybe they have expectations that came along with that? Um, or vice versa, and having to communicate your needs or expectations of what balance looks like for for you in a relationship. How's that sound, Libras? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think it makes sense with the cards I pulled. I have the Ace of Swords and Humility or Dandelion. Um, and I think the Ace of Swords here is really just experiencing mental clarity, like a breakthrough around something. and it's a sword, so I think it's important to maybe approach it from a a practical, less slightly less emotional place and recognize, especially because we're talking about humility here mm-hmm. as well, to not take it too personally in whatever breakthrough comes through around this idea. Yeah, so humility, the plant for humility is dandelion. And the guidebook says this homely little plant is a constant reminder that just because something is common or even vilified does not mean it is useless. When you feel underappreciated or invisible, remember the dandelion and its ability to flourish. But also, everyone wants to be heard and feel valued. Are you doing your best to see others in as kind a light as you see yourself? Um, And so I think this could go two different ways here. There may be a situation where you feel like the dandelion, I'm sorry, I guess I should clarify too, like the reason the dandelion is useful is that like you can, the whole thing is like edible Mm -hmm. and or medicinal, um, but also everyone is constantly trying to like kill all the dandelion in their yard all the time. So very common weed, gets very little love. I love Um, dandelion. And that's that's where, (laughs) right? That's because you know better though. You're in the know. So that's, you know, just a little background and context for for where we get this humility keyword. But yeah, I think there's an opportunity here to either realize that like you're working hard and providing a lot of value in a situation and maybe you don't feel appreciated and maybe that's something you want to call attention, attention to, especially if it's like a workplace scenario where it's like, hey, I provide tons of value for this company mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I would like my pay to reflect that or something, you know, a scenario like that. But it may also be the opposite where it's like, is there someone in your life that uh, you're taking for granted um, and not appreciating how much they support you and cheer you on Mm -hmm. or show up for you in in various ways? And so there's an opportunity for that to go to uh, two very different directions. Um, Make sure you're appreciating the little dandelions in your life. Yeah. Let them know that you care. Mm -hmm. That's right. I once made a uh, dandelion cake and it did not turn Ooh. out like I had hoped it would. And my <laughs> husband did not appreciate it because it did not taste very good. <laughs> 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 I 
Did you tell him it was probably good for him, though? He <laughs> didn't care. I think I used the wrong kind of flour, and it was really dense. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dandelion brick cake yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oops. You probably maybe could have assaulted someone with it. I'm usually a really good cook, and so... Um, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I haven't made one since, but anyways, just no. It's just dandelion reminding you to be to be humble about how good of a cookie. Yeah. Was. <laughs> yeah. There, there was the lesson. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's too funny. All right. Well, good luck, Libras. Yeah, with your dandelion. Um. Jokes. I hope everyone appreciates them <laughs> more than my husband did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, a break from the comic relief, and we're talking the Scorpio Risings now. Uh, Scorpio Risings, Venus is going to be retrograde in your 10th house of career and public reputation. So the sun moves into the 10th house, shining a spotlight on the career or the life path, your reputation. So the reputation and changes in public image related to career and or relationships could be key um, themes for Scorpio Risings. Jupiter is in the seventh house of Taurus, which Venus rules, and is giving stability to romantic relationships there. So all you Scorpio Risings, like, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay with your relationships. You've got, (laughs) um, you know, Big Daddy Jupiter in your seventh house watching your back there. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> Big Daddy Jupiter. That, did I say that? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, no, no way we can take that on, out. Can't be I'm edited. Ed- <laughs> Anyways, I'm editing this way, so we'll see. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, anyways, uh, making a relationship official, uh, engagement, marriage, leveling up of relationships um, with that uh, support from Jupiter could be themes for. Uh, Scorpio rising so maybe you're thinking about you know taking the next step in your relationship Uh, maybe that's what you're reflecting on during this retrograde Uh, you could also be thinking about matters of career so in matters of career you might be finding allies and co-workers as well. Uh, new friendships or old friends partners could be coming back into your life as well so just on a side note though with any any placement with venus retrograde but especially scorpio in this situation you can see unexpected people coming back into your life old partners friends just um you know random people used to know maybe went to school with um it doesn't mean like your ex is going to come knocking on your front door but, you know, <laughs> unexpected people might be sliding into your DMs. Like, you might get messages or uh, run into someone that you uh, haven't seen in a while. For better or worse. I mean, just generally, Venus Retrograde can bring back <laughs> old relationships, platonic or romantic, and those types of people uh, circling back around for a final hurrah. Or <laughs> not, not a final hurrah, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> ah, so yeah, that's it for you, Scorpio. 
uh, you're looking at career and relationships for this Venus retrograde. So what um, what card do you have first, Natasha? <laughs> this is another one of those. I pulled uh, a kind of unfun tarot card, but we have a very lovely oracle card to go with it. <laughs> did I mute myself? Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going gonna... uh, I got silent for a minute minute because I was watching Lauren like scream uh with no sound coming <laughs> out of her mouth, you know, at her ceiling. So <laughs> I was hoping you would ignore me and just keep talking and then I could come back off mute like nothing like my daughter is it parading <laughs> elephants through her bedroom above me while I'm trying to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Just a tourist living their best uh, course life. No. Tourists um, are he- heavy, heavy on the feet. <laughs> the bull, oh, yeah, that's what it sounds like—a bull up there. Like she's charging bulls. She's a what are you? A matador. <laughs> she's got bulls. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Continue. Um, Let's see. <laughs> Unfun tarot card. Very lovely, supportive oracle card. We have the three of swords and courage, which is the borage plant. Yeah, three of swords. Nobody uh-huh. likes to see that. But I personally, like, in a not predictive manner, I don't really, like, think of the three of swords as a prediction of, like, future pain or heartbreak or wounding or anything like that. I really see it more as an indicator of pain or heartbreak or wounding from the past. Yeah, not a predictor of necessarily future heartbreak. So I don't want our Scorpio risings to like start the Venus retrograde thinking, oh my God, someone's going to break my heart or cheat on me or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, No, it looks like you have Jupiter up there doing lovely things for your relationships. So don't worry about that. Um, But with the Three of Swords in Courage, it seems a lot more like perhaps there is something in the past that needs to be confronted and an opportunity to like move forward with courage and just kind of acknowledging that like it's really hard to do that <laughs> um, if someone hurts you or like betrays your trust or, you know, didn't show up for you when you needed him to uh, it can be difficult to move forward. But this feels like a very much like encouragement that you have the courage to continue moving forward and living your best life whatever that looks like and I think it's really interesting too because you talked about like shining a spotlight on careers and public image type Uh things which makes me wonder if maybe it's like getting over something embarrassing like a very public embarrassment that has happened in your past that maybe has made you kind of want to stay away from the limelight a little bit and maybe this is an opportunity to say hey we all get embarrassed sometimes um and it doesn't mean you have to hide in the shadows mm-hmm. forever you just have to kind of like be courageous in taking that first yeah. step, step yeah. forward scorpios so. typically like to hide in the in the shadows anyways but it's really f- kind of funny that their 10th house the house that's most visible um in their chart is leo uh which is very a very much, I mean, the 10th house itself is the most visible, but Leo, you know, the sun ruling it, it, it just kind of brings a spotlight seems to that area of life. Like they can't hide from, from, you know, public, yeah. image and, you know, career type things and um, that those seem to be what gets highlighted as well. And then 
like the three of swords and courage, which we were talking about with um, past relationships and hurts and wounds, just as an example, and maybe you're thinking about moving forward in your relationships uh, or in your in a relationship, maybe taking the next step. But this three of court swords is kind of the, um, you know, maybe the past hurt and trauma that is coming up for you, a like sort of a fear before taking that next step, because maybe in the past when you, when you have, it didn't work out or ended in, in heartbreak. But, you know, the courage saying, you know, push through, Jupiter's there, um, you're solid Scorpios. Yeah, if you have a wedding plan, maybe... Maybe don't let your cold feet drag you away from <laughs> that, the altar. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. It's like courageous. Be yeah. courageous. Use that 10th house Leo energy, courage, and the, the, the lion, like the strength card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got this. Okay. Next, uh, we have <clears throat> Sagittarius. Had to clear my word for that one. And I made it extra thematic <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners. <laughs> all right Sagittarius Venus is retrograde in your ninth house Uh, so we are reconsidering or revising beliefs of what we believe in um, and you know how that influences us big questions about life love relationship and sacrifice we make for others or for our beliefs Um, examining your morals in comparison to the ethics of society and how the two align or don't. Um, with Venus ruling your sixth house of service and sacrifice, you may be contemplating furthering your education as well in some way and uh, considering the hard work and sacrifice that that would entail. But for Sag Risings, it's what are you working toward and how does that align with your ideals and overall aspirations? That's what Venus is asking you to consider here. So, and I feel like that lines up really well with the cards too, because I pulled the Magician and Enjoy or the Strawberry, um, and the Magician feels very much like that. What are you working towards? What are you trying to manifest? What are you trying to like make true in your life? It feels like a very ambitious uh-huh. card. Um, and then, meanwhile, Enjoy, which is represented by the Strawberry. <clears throat> It's very much just trying to remind you of the simple pleasures because the strawberry, it's not poisonous. It's also not particularly medicinal. It's just like this very simple, mm-hmm. delightful, fun to eat fruit um, that almost everybody likes. I don't know anybody who doesn't like strawberries. I do. You don't like strawberries? No, I like, I love strawberries. I know somebody who doesn't oh, like okay. strawberries. Oh, <laughs> okay. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're weird, I bet. Um. <laughs> it's my daughter's friend. <laughs> she just called a little Aww. girl weird, Natasha. How rude of you. <laughs> yeah, little, most little girls are weird. It's fine. Um, they're I'm... great. And also, they have time to grow up and make better About decisions. About strawberries, specifically. Um, <laughs> about strawberries, specifically. <laughs> Okay, no, now I feel really I'm mean. Just, I take it back. Um, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being weird, stranger little girl. Um, but yeah, yeah, anyways, I guess like the big, this one feels pretty straightforward to me. It's just kind of like, how can you make sure that whatever you're working so hard towards is aligned with what your values actually are 
And are you making sure that there is room for enjoying the simple pleasures amidst all of your really ambitious mm-hmm. planning? Yeah. And Sagittarius typically have, um, you know, big ideas and big dreams, um, but aren't always the greatest at planning out. I might know <laughs> something about it. <laughs> and really considering, um, you know, the the work and the sacrifices, you know, that whatever big dream idea they have might entail and might ask of them. So, all right. Yep. yep, yep. All right. <laughs> I already said that. <laughs> Moving on to on to Capricorn. Capricorn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're getting minds, slowly, surely. Um, we really <laughs> got Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. Pull yourselves together. All right, here we go. Venus is retrograde in the eighth house. Uh, so for Capricorn, your ascendant ruler, Saturn, is also retrograde in Pisces in the third house. Um, the third house is sometimes, as I was saying in the last episode, referred to as the drunk drawer of the zodiac, uh, as it relates to topics such as siblings, your environment, community, communication, routines, rituals, habits, short distance travel, um, spare batteries, electrical tape. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, the eighth house has to do with other people's resources and finances. So that's where Venus is going retrograde for you. You may be considering breaking bonds and examining your connections with others, how they benefit, how those connections benefit your life and bring happiness, but at what cost? Is there Maybe you're thinking, is there some way in which um, you're being held back by those relationships? So, yeah, considering the breaking bonds, maybe there's someone around that's kind of holding holding you back. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's a routine or a habit that you have. Um, maybe it's your sibling. I'm just kidding. Uh, it could be, but <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I don't want to point the finger. Um, the environment you live in, the community, you know, the people you surround yourself with. Um, so just examining those uh, those things and maybe how you need to make a change or a break from that. That's interesting. For this one, the cards I pulled, I had a harder time, at least in my own head, kind of relating them back to the main like astrological points. But I feel like they work really well together uh-huh. just on their own. I drew the Ace of Wands and Invigorate or Juniper. And we have the Ace of Wands keywords like inspiration, new opportunities, growth, potential. Um, And then to invigorate something is to revitalize, animate, or bring fresh life to something. Um, It's kind of like a call to wake up and smell the coffee. And so like the first thing that comes to my mind is like what, what is ready to be revitalized or invigorated? Maybe something like an old art project or perhaps just a relational connection that you let fall by the wayside and maybe now is a better time to pursue it. Kind of in a, maybe a new acquaintance or someone you met at a networking event but never uh, followed up with. Now might be a good time to like reach back out to those kinds of people. Um but yeah, with that like third house junk drawer stuff going on, there's so many different topics in there. Um, I think, you know, it's potential that like 
you can reach into any of those those topics and like find something that's like, ooh, maybe this is a thing worth going back to and um, breathing new life into during this or time. Or maybe perhaps. just as a, I guess, um, a metaphor, uh, maybe you're opening your junk drawer and you're realizing you have a bunch of old dried up pins in there that you just don't need anymore and they're taking up a lot of space that uh so you you know you decide to toss them bring in uh some new junk to your junk drawer uh with the ace of wands uh, <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> and reinvigorate yeah you, you know the junk drawer maybe you add some uh uh juniper wax melts maybe that's where you store them now to reinvigorate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy some new batteries you get um, some new pens, some good ones, like some Sharpie fine tip in different colors. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It might, it might be like closing off one thing and like mm-hmm. starting something new uh, for sure. <laughs> That's fun. Junk drawers are my favorite. You want to get to know somebody. It's like check out their junk drawer. Yeah. <laughs> See what's in um, there. <laughs> my every drawer is a junk drawer <laughs> for me. <laughs> Yeah, and that extends all the way to my mm-hmm. closets as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm, yep, don't look in there. It might fall on you. Yep. Anyway, so we're moving on to Aquarius. <laughs> so Venus for you is retrograde in your seventh house of relationships. Um, so relationships or changes occurring for um, if you have a partner for the partner in this transit. Um if you're single, maybe you are having changes to that situation. Maybe there's a potential partner coming around for consideration. But uh, focus on your intimate personal relationships. Um, a focus on sex, love, partners, relationships, marriage for Aquarius. And exploring your own ideas about your sexual identity again, new relationships, or even the possibility of um, a relationship coming to an end is always a possibility when Venus is retrograde in your seventh house. Um, But as well, uh, you could be maybe moving in with a partner, moving out, separating from a partner, or moving together because home, family um, are going to be central as well. Uh, mother and father and your own identity in relation to your family or your partner's family if you have a partner could be um, key topics for you coming up during the retrograde so individuation individuating your identity from the identity um, you have in a relationship also or as a couple um, could be something you're reflecting on as well and adding in another layer of the uh, Mars-Saturn dynamic, because Saturn is your ascendant ruler, which is retrograde in Pisces, and is in opposition to Mars in Virgo. Across the 8th and 2nd house could bring up topics uh, of personal finances um, or your partner's finances. The 2nd and 8th house access uh, can also be about uh, the relation between your resources or the resources of other people. Wow, that was (laughs) long-winded. 
I got really. <laughs> so it is a, a lot, lot going, going on, on. <laughs> for Aquarius. It's um, kind of like Capricorn, you know, with the junk drawer. It's it's a there's a wide um, range here. I feel like for this Venus retrograde and how it might show up for you because not everybody, um, you know, with it being in the seventh house, but not everybody's in a you know romantic relationship or have a partner so just wanted to make sure that i was covering all the bases um with the seventh house typically being associated with a partner uh, but it can also be business partners as well or really close really really close friends um so it kind of just feels like a little bit cruelly funny to me the cards i drew for aquarius rising because i have the lovers in mm. mystery well it, yeah <laughs> um so there might be a little bit of mystery around mm -hmm. your lover's situation <laughs> possibly um or you know maybe just around relational ideas in general maybe a chance to just sit with whatever confusing feelings are coming up and trying to tap into yeah i don't know your subconscious or more shadowy aspects um i found the notes for the mystery card to be kind of interesting it's represented by ghost pipe um this plant speaks to subterranean subconscious connections and the dark mysteries of the hidden realm. If you are attempting to navigate a difficult situation or find your way through a confusing time or relationship, try delving deep. Sometimes we must go into the darkness to find the light. And for some reason, I was just thinking a lot about um, kind of mm -hmm. like your shadow self and the idea that maybe there are parts of you that are showing up in your relationships that maybe aren't being super helpful mm -hmm. uh you know the idea that your shadow self may have developed some coping mechanisms that uh were helpful at one time but maybe now feel a little bit more like self-sabotage and maybe yeah. that's something to examine in your relationships it's like am i standing in the way of of my own happiness and and like lauren is saying it doesn't have to be romantic relationships uh -huh. so it certainly can be um but every part of yeah. our life is relational if there are people then we uh -huh. have relationships with them and yeah 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 and know, interesting you know um it could be familial relationships as well but what you were saying about the uh, shadow um and getting maybe habits or whatever that you developed in order to cope in the past not um no longer serving you and kind of getting to the bottom of that with with aquarius rising taurus is your fourth house which is also known as the subterranean um which can be a very like intimate personal private reflective place i mean it's typically related to you know family home property but yeah it's also the subterranean and it's Taurus, so it can be very fixed. So <laughs> trying to kind of, uh, Aquarius <laughs> is a fixed sign as well. So yeah, just trying to maybe um, reflect on, on the patterns and things that you are fixed in and how they relate to your relationships with others. Yeah, relationships with others, relationships with yourself too. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy that mystery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well... May you get to the bottom of I it mean, by the end of the retrograde. Kind of like 
mystery yeah. or are a mystery sometimes yeah, themselves so. <laughs> yeah they get accused of like being very aloof um emotionally so yeah it feels like weirdly appropriate that it's like yeah you're, you're a mystery lover <laughs> Uh, so. All right. We just about made it. Just about. Okay. Ooh. So moving on to Pisces. For you, Venus is going retrograde in your sixth house. Uh, that is the house of service and sacrifice. So sacrifice and service and love and relationships. You're thinking about or could be thinking about what are you willing to work for? or sacrifice for love or relationships, uh, romantic or platonic, healing work um, that is needed in love and relationships. Love isn't always easy, and uh, sometimes Pisces do tend to forget that, you know, very go-with-the-flow kind of sign, I would know a thing or two, uh, and sometimes you tend to forget that <laughs> uh, you have to put in more effort uh, sometimes to make relationships work again um, I'm talking a lot as far as like uh, romantic relationships but this is applicable to you know friendships and other types of relationships as well um, but you may find yourself having to reflect on a situation and decide whether or not the sacrifice is worth it with Saturn retrograde in your first house and in whole sign opposition to Mars in the seventh house, um, Saturn in the first brings a weightedness and a seriousness to the relationship to yourself being in, like I said, the first house. So you might find yourself really feeling the weight of time, reflections on wasted time in the past, a sense of making the most out of your present and future. Saturn in the first house can also be a bit depressing as well. Uh, luckily, you have a sextile from Jupiter and Taurus in your third house, which is also co-present with Uranus. So there could be a breakthrough in communication and the way you communicate in relationships. This is interesting. I drew, I drew the seven of wands and service, which is represented by garlic. Um, yeah, and I I feel like it's kind of like when I was talking about the humility card earlier. I think humility and service are very closely related, um, but I feel like this could go like two two very different directions. Like the Seven of Wands is usually like a challenging, or well, a challenge or a competition. A very defensive card it usually shows like one person standing up on a hill and like defending themselves from the other wands in the picture. And I think the thing to ask here is. Are you being of service or are you being a doormat? Um, especially with like that Piscean tendency to kind of go with the flow sometimes. I think it's easy to convince yourself that you're you're just being helpful. You're trying to do what's best for others and realize that you're just like never advocating for your own needs. And so maybe the time, it might be a time to stand up in some of your relationships and say, hey, I have needs too and and defend yourself um and defend your time and your resources and and whatever whatever needs you have that that aren't being met in your relationships maybe um and i think that's probably like the more likely scenario but there is also of course like the other direction may be that are you just being ridiculously <laughs> argumentative <laughs> about something i guess um or, or about <laughs> right like that's why i think it, i think it's unlikely but uh, highly, I do think it's just worth unlikely. mentioning. 
but yeah, it's just like, mm, are you trying to always be in charge or always be right? Um, is there maybe a chance to step down and do something in service of, of the greater good, whether the greater good is just a, a interpersonal relationship between two people or a family unit or a work team or something like that, uh, something else like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the first scenario is, is far more likely, especially, yeah, yeah, I don't know, just in general. It's like, are you being of service or are you letting people walk on you? Um, should you stand up and maybe maybe defend your own time and needs at this mm-hmm. point or um, i mean again you could after reflection maybe find that you, maybe you're the one who needs to put in some more work or maybe make a sacrifice in the relationship if you find it you know yeah. a worthy relationship to sacrifice for but reflect on it yes yeah. yeah like we like i said earlier you know well i probably said the word reflect like a thousand times in this episode but uh <laughs> really <laughs> reflecting uh regardless of what your rising sign is and what comes up for you during the venus retrograde before you make it make decisions and move forward to just really make sure you're thinking through and getting a clearer picture yeah and i think it's important to mention too this like this transit this retrograde it's not a, a super quick thing like uh-huh. this lasts this for, for months right 40 days and 40 nights 40 days is the venus retrograde okay yep. yeah so it's like yeah none of this is like sudden um you know this is a process this is like a, uh-huh. a, a significant period of time where you know you're you might be mulling through or like working reflecting on um, yeah venus doesn't move quite as quick as mercury so the retrograde period is um, you know, the slower the planet moves, the further away from the sun, the longer the retrograde. So we'll be in this Venus retrograde again from July 22nd until September the 3rd. And, you know, there's a whole lot of, there are a lot of other transits going on that are like the Mars-Saturn opposition right now that are a bit difficult. Venus retrograde, Saturn's retrograde, Neptune's retrograde. Um, I think, did I get everybody? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Pluto's retrograde. <laughs> that's, that's most of them. Um, so we have not retrograde Mars, Jupiter, and Uranus, and the Sun. Of course, it's, it's the Sun. So yeah, it's uh, definitely a time for reflection and and revision with all these retrogrades in the year. Nice. Well, we hope that was uh, something helpful, interesting, <laughs> entertaining. I mean, I'll 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 take any of those adjectives um but yeah we hope you got something out of these episodes i think we had fun doing them <laughs> we did we did i we're, it's, we sound like we're trying to convince ourselves <laughs> of yeah it. yeah no. i think we're always a bundle of nerves anytime we do something new mm-hmm. um and so you know i had to work that, out that was kinks. present here mm-hmm. but that's okay and there's always an animal interruption which is yeah. not helpful. <laughs> Hard to avoid when between the two of us, we, we have that many animals, um, plus guest animals on a regular basis. So, mm-hmm. but it's all good. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. I hope you have a happy Venus retrograde. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Hot Air Diviners. If you enjoy this podcast, It would mean the world to us if you could rate and review the show wherever you listen. By leaving a review, you not only show support for the show, but you also help others discover the podcast. If 
you're interested in more Hot Air Diviners content, you can find us on Instagram and Substack as Hot Air Diviners. If you have a comment or a question you'd like us to answer on the show, you can email us at hotairdiviners at gmail.com. If you want more straight up astrology content, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Firemoon Astrology or book a reading with me through the link in the show notes. And if you're interested in more tarot, plus whatever else might spark my curiosity, you can find me, Natasha, on Substack and Instagram as The Present Pursuit. Thanks for being here and see you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.